Welcome to TCC Alive, a podcast of Tulare Community Church. On the top of your uh, outline there, um, it says, God's heart is for people. Say that with me. God's heart is for people. I'll never forget when I felt nudged by God about the area of personal evangelism. I remember reading God's Word, looking for, Lord, teach me about evangelism. Teach me about reaching out. Teach me about being a person. I only have one life to live, and Lord, I want to live it for you. I want your heart. I want your desire. I want to do what you want me to do. And I'll never forget the time where I got into the Word and I ran across Luke 15. So if you can turn to Luke 15, I know it's in your program, but if you're kind of one of those ones that likes to read along, uh, Luke 15, grab your Bible and uh, open up to Luke 15. I'm going to read the first like 27 verses, although it's, it goes 32 verses. I'm just going to read the first 27. Luke 15, verse 1 says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. By the way, Jesus knew what they were saying. He knew what these religious types were saying. And they were complaining about what he was doing. So Jesus said, hey, here's an opportunity. Let me tell you a few stories. So then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you had a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Then he goes on. He says, or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And then Jesus continued. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, Give me my share of my estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods of the pigs of what they were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death? 
I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Let's just uh, close there. This is the word of God. I'll never forget the day that I read these three stories. The story about the lost sheep and the story about the, the lost coin and the story about the prodigal son. I read this passage over and over again. And all of a sudden it dawned on me that this chapter is a call to understand how God feels about people who are far away from God. This passage of Scripture is about Him modeling for us His heart, what He believes in. You see, in Luke 15, at the very beginning, it says Jesus was interacting with these tax gatherers and these sinful people and these Pharisees came and they were angry with Jesus because he was hanging out with the riffraff. He was hanging out with these, these, these horrible, sinful people. By the way, Jesus knew the Pharisees were mad at him because he was associating with irreligious people. So he decides to tell three stories. He, first of all, starts out by telling a story about a lost sheep, which I'm sure that they could relate with. He talks about having a hundred sheep, and if you lose one and it wanders off, don't you go and find the other one? And then once he finds the other one, he calls the shepherds together, and he says, hey, guys, I found the sheep. This was income. This is like losing a, a cow. That'd be a lot of money to lose a cow. And so they get this sheep back, and they celebrate because he got this this sheep, this lost sheep back. And then the second story, the woman is, you know, got 10 coins. I'm sure they were worth a lot. She loses one of them, sweeps the house until she finds it. And when she brings it, when she brings, when she finds it, she uh, gets her women friends together and says, I remember that coin I lost. I found it. And some believe it was one tenth of her inheritance. This was a lot of money. This wasn't just a nickel or a dime she was looking for. And the third story is one of a wayward son. And maybe some of us can relate to this story. Maybe we were wayward at one time. Or maybe we have a child or a grandchild that's wayward and we can relate to this story. This guy wanders off and the father looks down the road every day waiting for his son to come back. And we begin to see that in these three stories, there's, there's several threads that go through here that God wants us to understand about these three stories, about his heart. The first thing I noticed when I was reading this some years ago, I noticed that all three of these stories, there's something of value ends up missing. Something of value ends up missing. The lost sheep, the lost coin, or the lost son. The more I looked at that, I realized what was missing mattered a lot to somebody. 
So I realized that in each of these three stories, something that was missing mattered a lot to somebody. I'll never forget when the lights went on, when I thought to myself, could it be that lost people matter to the Father? Could it be that the people that we sit next to matter a lot to the Father, to our Heavenly Father? And I began to think about that when I began to think about some of the riffraff that I hung around with or some of the people that I came into contact with that weren't as spiritual or as righteous as I was. And I remember thinking to myself, I am no better, in God's eyes, I am no better than that other person. God loves that person just as much as He loves me. And God loved me so much that He sent His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him, me, I believed in Him, would not perish but have eternal life. And I'll tell you what, something inside of me just clicked. I got to tell you, it was like, I can't even explain it, but something inside of me changed. And I began to look at people differently. I began to look at people and say, that person needs Jesus. Now, I will tell you this, that oftentimes what happens to me, and maybe it happens to you, is that I have a heart for Jesus Christ and I want to bring people into the kingdom. If you don't know that about me, and I'm not bluffing, that's actually something that I really want to do. I really have a heart for. But what I find myself doing sometimes, and maybe you're just like me, is that your heart grows cold. And sometimes my heart grows cold because I don't spend time with God. I don't hear God's heart because I don't spend time with God the way He wants me to. And maybe you're the same way. Maybe you're just going through life kind of scooting along and and you're a Christian, you love the Lord, you want all that God wants and you want to be a part and you want to, why pray? Why pray? Because I think God wants us to pray. And you go through all that stuff. But maybe you're like me, your heart grows cold sometimes when you haven't had time with Jesus and you haven't had time spending uh, reading God's word and listening to what he wants to do in your life kind of like Scott said, you know, how amazing it is. Why do we get excited when prayer is answered, when God says, I will answer your prayers? And then we get emotional about it and we say, wow, Lord, the Lord answered my prayer. Rudy, what you shared about the Lord answered my prayer. I mean, I could have taken the pill or had a prayer time. And yeah, they're both important, but God answered your prayer and it brought great joy. And and well, maybe next time when I'm making a decision, I need to pray about those things. But I remember how God stirred my heart when I read these passages of Scripture. Could it be that lost people stir the heart of God? And if lost people or people that don't know the Lord or far away from the Lord, whatever you want to call it, pagans, I mean, whatever you want to call it, people that aren't close to God, if God thinks that those people are important, then shouldn't we? Shouldn't we look at our neighborhoods totally different? Shouldn't we look at going to the grocery store totally different? Shouldn't we be, when we're on our vacations, look at things totally different? Because we know that those people and us, us as people, mean a lot to God. What does the Scripture say? You all know it. First, or, uh, John 3.16. Somebody start saying that Scripture. 
you know it. God so loved the world. He didn't have to come down and save you. He didn't have to come down and save us. But He so loved the world. And sometimes I think we have this deal where we think He just loves us. And we get a little cocky and we think, well, He just chose us. I mean, I'm elected. I'm predestined. That's who I am. I'm part of the Reformed Church in America. I'm a Reformed theologian, whatever. But the reason He saved us is because He knew that we'd memorize John 3.16. And we wouldn't just memorize it. We'd say, Lord, I'm with You. I want to be on the same path that You're on. And I want to live the life that You want me to live. And I want to bring people into the kingdom of God. No matter who they are, no matter how tall they are, no matter what race they are, no matter what economic status they're in, that You want me to reach people in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. Jesus came. He didn't come to just give us a nice life. He came so that we would be chosen so then we could reach out to folks that are our neighbors, to love our neighbors as we love who? Ourselves. So if, if lost people or people far away from God are important to God, they ought to be important to us. That's one of the things I learned in this passage. The other one was, The second theme is what was missing mattered so much to these people that it warranted an all-out search. It wasn't just a casual search. In fact, when we look at the shepherd, he goes into ravines and canyons and he goes into the fields and the forests to look for this, this lost sheep or the lost coin. The lady turned her house upside down, looked everywhere. You've done that before. You've looked for something, right? You've looked at it for, for months. And when you found it, I remember we lost uh, Barbie's wedding ring uh, with the diamond and everything. And I remember going through that thinking, oh my gosh, we just, oh, it's horrible and terrible. And my prayer time went way up on that one. (laughs) And we found the ring. We found it in the backyard. One of our friends was just walking in the backyard and looked down and there it is. She grabs it, what's this doing here? And we, everywhere we looked, we couldn't find it. But I remember the rejoicing that went on. You know, because we found this ring. Yeah, we could have got another one, replaced it, but it was the ring. It was that ring that we wanted, and it's that coin that the lady wanted. Or the lost son. I mean, there's so much in that story. I could preach for months on the prodigal son, which, by the way, shouldn't be called the prodigal son story. It should be called the loving father story. Because this is a story about a loving father, not a prodigal son. When you see the father, instead of going in an all-out search, he felt it wiser not to go in an all-out search, but just to wait upon the Lord and wait for his son to come back. But every day that man went out, every day he'd look down the, the highway and the byway. He'd look down looking for his son. Every day. You don't think he was praying for his son? That he would come back? I know he, he was because I know that some of you have wayward sons or daughters and you pray every day for your sons and you look every day. You listen every day for that. And it's a story of a loving father because this father goes out every day, looks for his son, and then when he sees his son, what does he do? It says he runs to his son. 
Now, I've seen middle-aged men run. In fact, if you saw in my day, I could run and it looked good. Today, when I run, it looks pretty pathetic. It's like, God, what is he doing? Well, that's called running, according to him. But this middle-aged man, I'm sure, ran to that, that child of his. And it said that he kissed him and he held him and he wanted him. My son was lost. My son was never coming back. But now he's found. That's the heart of God. Thanks for listening. If you want to know more about the ministries and mission of Tulare Community Church, visit us at tccalive.org.